0: and welcome to episode 86 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I'm wondering if you have come to the conclusion yet. I wonder if you really get that diets don't work. I have a feeling that you've heard that before and maybe why you found my podcast today or maybe some time ago. So if you've come to the conclusion that diets don't work for you, I wonder what it's been like as you've tried to move away from them. Many people that I talk to say that they have tried to not diet. They've tried things like intuitive eating, but it feels like they're letting themselves go. It feels like they just can't stop eating. It feels like they're out of control. Can you relate to that? Certainly, it's the most common experience, I think, for many people as they move away from dieting. And so many people say that obviously they just can't control themselves around food, or obviously they need to diet, or obviously intuitive eating doesn't work. Well, I hope you heard the sarcasm in my. Ab- Obviously, <laughs> word, because it's not the moving away from diets that's not working. It's the diets that cause all of the chaos. It's not your fault. And it's not the making peace with food's fault. It's just a really rocky, tumultuous journey moving away from them. I had the honor of speaking with one of the authors of Intuitive Eating. Her name's Evelyn Tribbly. And I spoke with her a few months back and she helped me answer a letter from a listener just like you, who was experiencing that fear and chaos and just felt like she was constantly in a tug of war whenever she tried to move away from diets. And Evelyn was so gracious with her time and wisdom and helped us out on the podcast. So, you know, it it was really special for me to actually talk to Evelyn because, if I had never read Intuitive Eating, I probably still wouldn't be a dietitian. So I'm re-releasing that episode. And so you get to hear from that letter writer again and Evelyn's words of wisdom. Before we get to that letter, a word from our sponsor. If you are not new to the podcast, you know that I specialize in working with people who are recovering from an eating disorder. And I also help people at Diet Rock Bottom the other specializ- specialization rather, that I have is I help women with PCOS. What is PCOS? It's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Many, many people with this condition also have a complicated relationship with food. And- are recovering from an eating disorder or otherwise have a negative body image. So I really enjoy helping them to navigate their way to health. Unfortunately, it's a condition that is pushed to just focus on diets and weight loss and we know they don't work. That's what we're exploring on this episode. So I am really excited because I've been kind of keeping something quiet, but I've been working on a free training for those of you with PCOS. I'm going to be releasing very soon a PCOS and food Peace training on my website. That is FoodPeace.com. It's going to be a free three video training and it will be released mid-September 2017. And if you're listening to this way after that, no worries. It's still going to be there. It'll be there forever. So go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com, get connected to the free video training. And let's go ahead and listen to this episode's letter and hear from Evelyn Triboli, co-author of Intuitive Eating. Dear food, for years, I've been engaged in guerrilla and outright warfare with you. After a childhood characterized by general body dissatisfaction, I embarked on a campaign of military precision against you late in high school that I'm just now starting to emerge from 15 years later. The battle started with some light dieting. It sounded like this. I should eat salads because I'm fat. Are you sure you want that cookie? But the crucial blow came when I started a popular diet program that allowed me to meticulously structure my eating disorder. It even gave me a handbook. Food, I believed I had you beat. I'm growing as a person and I'm learning. I now know not only were you not defeated, but you were never my enemy at all. But instead of making peace, I've turned you from my enemy into my weapon. Sometimes I think I might get a cheeseburger and something in me responds, you really shouldn't. You're back at your starting weight. The result is almost always a spiteful cheeseburger, along with fries, and a milkshake. A body positivity milkshake that ultimately makes me sick to my stomach with overfullness and shame. I know food. This isn't intuitive eating. It's not food peace. But the answer to the question of what my body is asking for is covered in the rhetoric of weight loss. And I don't know what to do besides give in or completely rebel. I'm waving a white flag here. Let's talk peace. Love, the diet resistance. Hey, letter writer. Thank you so much for your message and detailing your complicated relationship with food. You know, some of the things you you bring up are things that I know other people are experiencing as well. And it also seems like you're at a really important next step. So I encourage you to hang in there. You bring up something that really struck a chord with me, and not necessarily in a negative way, but I thought it was really interesting and important to discuss on this podcast because it is such a common experience. And I love how you put it. You said a body positivity milkshake that made your stomach hurt. You know, it made you feel overfull. And um, I think when a lot of people first hear about intuitive eating or making peace with food or body positivity, that's the association of um, just feeling overfull and that um, we can't trust ourselves. And we're just going to keep eating and eating and eating until we can't move anymore. And I know for some people, it's a really hard place to work through. And it seems like that's where you are right now. I don't think body positivity really needs to be associated with that kind of overfull feeling or the tummy ache or letting oneself go. What I really think is the cause is the dieting. And I I get the sense from your letter that you're starting to be aware of that too, but you're like, but where do I go next? Certainly the more one moves away from dieting, the less of that overfull feeling that they experience. And since you have some really important questions about intuitive eating, I thought, why don't I go ahead and just call one of the co-authors? So I'm gonna call Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of intuitive eating and see what she has to say, because I think she's gonna have some really important insight for your next steps letter writer. Let's give her a call. Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm great. Um, It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so excited to talk to you. And this letter writer is, I feel like is going to be really excited when she learns that Evelyn Triboli, one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating, is going to help give her some solutions for her journey and food piece. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day. And did you get a chance to, to look at the letter? I did. I did. Awesome. Well, so when you read it, like what's – what? I don't know. What's your general impression about what what she's struggling with?
1: Well, I I have to tell you it's kind of classic, and I see this all the time. And actually when I tell that to my patients, they usually feel pretty good about that because sometimes (laughs) they think that there's something – aberrant about them that something is just not going to work. And so when you understand that this is a really common pattern, then you can take a sigh of relief, because there's actually something we can do. It's a very workable situation. That's what I want the reader to know, first of all.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's almost like this is kind of textbook. This is something that so many people struggle with. And I often hesitate to use that word textbook. But I get the same reaction too when I work with folks they are like, Oh, I'm so glad you like, know know what to do next. And I'm like, there's lots of solutions here. (laughs) There's lots of different directions we can go. But I feel like things like the diet industry, they make it seem like we're all cornered, you know, and we're one bite away from this like doom and gloom. And really, honestly, there's lots of options and lots of people have been there. So well, you know, with someone who's experiencing like what she's describing, um, you know, what would you say are some first steps towards, you know, making peace with where she is now, because it seems like she's experiencing this kind of like all or nothing experience of like, moving towards food peace and really trying to do the steps of intuitive eating. And um, but then feeling this like rebellion, you know, kind of a pendulum swinging back and forth. So what would you say? What are some first steps that you'd recommend? Well, this is. I'd recommend this for everybody, by the way. This first step, and it's to remember
1: that the process of intuitive eating, the process of making peace with food, is really one of discovery and curiosity. This is not something you pass or fail. And one thing that was really struck me about this letter was how all or none it was. You know, either you're like you're going to eat the cheeseburger or you're going to have the salad. And so, one of the missing pieces in all of this has to do with connecting with the body, and one of the things I, I share with my patients all the time is if at any point you are confused about what to eat, many times that confusion is happening from the mind, the mind in terms of having rules and beliefs about what you should or should not should not do. And the process of intuitive eating is actually about you becoming the expert of your own body. What is it that your body is feeling? And what really struck me in the rebellious action, and that's my take on this too, having the cheeseburger and, and milkshake, you know, she says how, she ultimately feels sick to her stomach, but there were two things that were con- one thing that well, <laughs> there are two issues It's one, this overfullness? So right there, when someone's feeling overfull, that's, that's a direct experience. That's a direct experience from the body. That's a physical sensation. And so that's something I, I like to have my clients right away, uh, clue into and that is what are you directly experiencing right now in your body not your mind but she also describes um some thoughts that are happening and that is she's having she's describing the emotion actually of shame but shame doesn't happen all by itself there's usually thoughts that go with it and judgment and so part of me is wondering is that she's feeling (laughs) overfull because when you have that amount of shame and anxiety that can also kind of mess up some of the um Fullness aspect also. And so, what's important to remember is you really can't make a mistake in this. If you end up feeling overfull and uncomfortable, then you take that as information. Whenever it is that you finish whatever it is that you have, let's say this, this milkshake, whether it's half of it or all of it, um, ask yourself, How do I feel physically? Is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? And this over leads me to think maybe it's it's unpleasant, but I would want to ask for that, to, to know that for sure. And then the second question is, would I choose to feel this way again? And if the answer is no, well, what might you do differently? And so sometimes what I see in my practice with people who have an experience of all or none eating like, I'm going to eat this milkshake, I'm going to have this cheeseburger with the fries, it's almost this decision that I'm going to eat all of it, as opposed to, I'm going to check in after every few bites, or I'm going to check in after I I start the milkshake. And so that's what I'm wondering if it's a missing piece. So I'd be looking at this from that aspect, from a place of curiosity. And as you get to learn, and I've had patients over the years who just get so excited when they discover, oh my God, I love the milkshake, but only if I have you know a few sips, and then they start describing to me feelings of, of guilt because now they want to stop, thinking that now they're being stuck in the diet mentality. It's like, no, we have to look at what was the intention behind the behavior, and if you're stopping because now you're at this pleasant, comfortable place, that makes all the sense in the world. So, this is a constant discovery, it's kind of no different than if you've ever watched a toddler learning to walk for the first time. It's so delightful. You know, they're bobbling around like a little, like a little chimpanzee with their hands in there. They're almost gonna fall. They almost they don't. So, and they usually fall. And no one says, oh my God, you're not supposed to fall. It's like <laughs> this is part of <laughs> it's, a part, it's part of the learning process. And everyone delights and you encourage them and you get up and you bobble around again. And so it's the same thing with the eating. And so I have a lot of patients who Panic when they get that overfullness. They go, "Oh my god, I blew it! Oh my god, it means I'm going to gain weight. I did it wrong." It's like, no, 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 no. You have actually the opportunity to have more experiences. Now let's see what happens because you're overfull. What's going to happen at the next time you typically get hungry for a meal? Maybe this experience was had at lunch, for example, and maybe they'll discover when then dinner time rolls around they're not quite as hungry. And if they've been in the past with the diet mentality quite typically somebody will decide i ate this this was wrong this was bad i'm going to do something about it i'm not going to have dinner or i'm going to eat a light dinner and they rob themselves of the experience of seeing what the body would have naturally done and so when you can go into this with an open mind it's it becomes really powerful and that's how you start to cultivate trust over and over and over again that when you see that yeah on the one hand i was overfull. But gosh I usually have a snack in the afternoon because I'm hungry but I had no desire I wasn't trying to restrict. I just generally wasn't hungry and you, then you get to see that the give and the take of, of the body. And so the longer you've been dieting, it just takes longer for this process to emerge um, because your your body has been silenced and caboshed by the <laughs> in the shackles of the, of the dieting aspect. And so one of the ways to really practice all of this is, again, getting in touch with the physical sensations of the body, and that's called interceptive awareness. Interceptive awareness is your ability to perceive physical sensations that arise from within the body, and it includes obvious things like hunger and fullness. It includes things like having a full bladder or having a rapid heart rate. But the thing that that really blows me away is that it also includes emotional feelings. Every emotional feeling has a physical sensation. So the more that you get curious – and the more that you allow yourself to experience these physical sensations, you have access to a treasure trove of information in terms of what you what you need in order to get your needs met, whether it's psychological or physical or so on. And I I find that so incredibly exciting. So
0: that's my take on this letter. Well, and I'm so glad you brought up that interceptive awareness. But before we discuss that a little bit, I'm still visualizing that toddler, and I I it's. It's almost laughable. Like we would never make fun of a toddler falling down and be like, you can't fall. And so for our folks that we work with that are trying to like make peace with food and and heal, um, they're going to need to make those same kind of um, mistakes, like you said. And I feel like so many people I talk to, there's so much shame rooted in that. And as we work towards embodiment and that interceptive awareness that you describe, which sounds really like this amazing source of data for them. Um, You know, is there anything that you encourage people to do to move away from that shame? Like this letter writer describes and just, you know, so much shame that our, our folks are experiencing. Is there anything that you can, you find that helps to move from shame to curiosity about what's going on in their body?
1: Yeah, I do. So when, when someone's experiencing feelings of shame, or might be feelings of guilt, and they're often linked together, it's an opportunity, actually, it's an opportunity to pause, I go, huh what rule or what belief system did I violate? Because, you know, that's what, what guilt has to do with is breaking some kind of, you know, moral code. And so sometimes I will jokingly say to my patients, you know, uh, you know, did you steal the cookies? Or did you steal the money? Or did you kill that Girl Scout to get the cookies? And they'll say, no, and they're looking at me like incredulous and like that's laughable. And I said, well, those are reasons to feel guilt and, and shame. But what we're talking about right now is is, is, eating. And so it, what you can do, especially if you're someone who enjoys journaling uh, is to start writing down what, what thoughts, what rules do you think that you just uh, broke? And what happens is with the diet mentality and all these rules, we collect these rules, you know, it's like Velcro and, and, uh, cotton balls, man, they just keep sticking. (laughs) And we just often don't even realize that they're there. So when you start having these inklings of guilt or shame, that yucky feeling, Uh, And and keep in mind, I I would be curious to have someone um, as they're listening to this, think about the last time you experienced shame or guilt. What physical sensation arises with that? You know, uh, and think about it, maybe when you've had shame or guilt feelings that have nothing to do with with eating. And so we have a, a confluence of physical sensations from overfulness and also physical sensations from from shame and guilt. So it's an opportunity to start deconstructing some of these rules and some of these beliefs. And especially when it's a belief system, um, belief systems take a while to really um, to uh, uh, Break, break through them because sometimes we we've been grown up with um, rules and beliefs actually beliefs in, in in family systems that we didn't even realize um, that that they were there so the guilt and the shame are kind of some clues with that
0: mm-hmm. it won't it won't seem as obvious but it's going to take some digging and introspection to figure out yeah which ones do you want to keep and which ones do you exactly. not really have use for
1: yeah, um, serving yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah
0: which one's serving me especially now that there's an awareness so um you know something that i learned from your work is how um instead of you know these are what we need to do. I like to think of things as experiments. So I think you have you've yes. given this letter writer this letter writer some experiments to try and something that I'm gathering from her letter is that she doesn't feel like an expert of her own body and even remembering that's part of intuitive eating, you know, it's it's for you to figure out um, just like how to become that expert again, even though she she already is, but like <laughs> just to like get back to believing it, you know, and um because she's really going to have the information that she needs. So um, we have something as a, a a part of this podcast. It's called the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the podcast, the Food Peace Syllabus is this uh, collection of books and podcasts, um, blog posts, and just any resource that we find through these discussions that help to cultivate a positive body image and heal a relationship with food, required um, reading already is intuitive eating. But Evelyn, do you want to add anything to the food piece syllabus?
1: I do. and in, in fact, I, we were talking earlier, I we have a new intuitive eating workbook that's being released uh, April 2017, and we're so excited. And this workbook is exactly that. They are practices and experiments to be doing with all the 10 principles. And... You don't have to have re- uh, read the intuitive eating book in order to do the workbook. It's actually made to stand alone. But the great deal of the work is in these exercises and, and actually tapping into this uh, interceptive awareness, this direct experience that your body is is having. And so it's I got to tell you, Elise and I are so excited about this. One of the reasons we we did it uh, is to have a standardized way of working with intuitive eating because there's been so much exciting research now coming out showing benefits of intuitive eating, but we Need more intervention studies, and to do a good intervention study, we need something standardized. And this is something that will serve researchers well, but it's actually written for the consumer or the health professional can use it in, in groups as well. So that's one I, I would recommend, of course. Secondly, what comes to mind, anything by uh, Brene Brown, she's an expert on on shame research. And if you also look her up on YouTube, her TED Talks are amazing. Uh, She's got this great uh, thing she narrated, this animated cartoon on what shame is like, and her books are outstanding. So I would add that. The other thing I would add is... uh, Rebecca's uh, new book, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I always call her Rebecca. I'm, I'm blanking on her last name. Scritchfield. Yeah, Scritchfield. Thank you. On yeah. Body Kindness. <laughs> yeah. excellent. I absolutely excellent. love her book. You know, I, I read a lot of manuscripts. And this one, I just, I loved her writing. It felt like you were talking to your, your best girlfriend. Yeah. Someone who's yes. actually been there, a health professional, who's had battles with the body and the mind and ca- came away with this idea of kindness. I think it's it's brilliant. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that a lot of women, especially in our culture, have trouble doing, and that is self-kindness. And so she models that in in the book. So the more we can surround ourselves with these influences, the, the 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 better we become as people, I
0: believe. Yes, and you know, with all that being said, you know, you mentioned with the intuitive eating workbook, part of the reason why is to help support research. And something that I love is when I bring up intuitive eating to a group or a particular person that's influential in someone's life, and they're like, "Well, it just doesn't." sound like that would be health promoting or, you know, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I could forage you the link to plenty of resources that I know you, Evelyn, have collected on your uh, website. I use that often to say, hey, here you go. Here's some research that you can go ahead and just read and see that this is not just something that's like pie in the sky, idealistic. Um, this is actually something that's research-based. So, um, you know, we definitely appreciate it. And if... Um, Someone wants to learn more about your work or possibly wants to work with you. Is there a a way someone can get a hold of you or find out more about you?
1: Yeah, there's two ways. Uh, First is my website. It's EvelynTribbley.com. But there's also our intuitive eating website. And it's just intuitive eating Dot org And thank you so much for mentioning that research. There's to date over 70 studies now on intuitive eating, which I just find is so, so exciting. And your comment about sometimes people not really understanding what it is. I think that's why we have to be really careful when we're talking about intuitive eating, that we're talking about the same thing. And that is we're talking about an evidence-based process with validated assessment tools and, and a bunch of research. And I think what's happened is because it's gotten so popular now in the media, which I'm thrilled. About, sometimes there's like this street level. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see what they're eating that people think they know what it is. And, and it sounds all like this new, agey, airy, fairy kind of stuff. When <laughs> I actually, no, there's tons of research behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it actually includes nutrition, gentle nutrition. But because so many times in articles that we do interviews for, they're so intrigued by this idea you can eat whatever you want to, that that gets all the attention. It's an important principle, but they're integrated, all 10 of them. So mm-hmm. thank you for, for bringing that up.
0: Yeah, for sure. I always think that people do get hung up on that permission piece, but I feel like when people really start to do the work in intuitive eating, it just it's not the biggest deal. It's like there's so much other work that ends up happening that is um, kind of bigger fish to fry, you know? So, um, Well, it's the
1: paradox. The paradox of permission and you end up eating less or actually you become more satisfied. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when when you take away all the guilt and judgment away from eating, you're just left with the direct experience. And I've had patients who've been surprised to learn. It's like, oh my God, I... I don't like french fries. <laughs> you know, They're so blown away. They go, how can they have V? It's like, well, mm-hmm. you've been eating them fast and you've been guilting yourself the whole time. Have you really had an experience eating a french fry before? And usually mm-hmm. the answer is not really. Behaviorally, they have, but they haven't been there. The mind has left the body because it's counting the calories, the rules, and everything else going on with all that stuff.
0: So, well, yeah. well, thank you for everything. Thank you for the work. And, um, intuitive vegan is one of the reasons why I'm still a dietitian. So, so uh-huh. thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure being here. So there you have it, letter writer. I hope hearing what Evelyn and I had to say, gave you some next steps, some things to experiment with. And as you are making your next steps, I hope you can keep in mind that many of us can really get where you are on this journey. Many of us have been there before, and many of us are right there with you. We certainly are sending you positive vibes as you make these next steps. I have a cool surprise to share with you. In two weeks, episode 88, I'm going to be interviewing the other co-author of Intuitive Eating. Her name is Elise Resch, of course, and she is giving insight into a brand new letter. And I'm really, it's such an amazing honor for me as a dietitian doing the work that I do to be able to speak with both authors. So I can't wait for you to hear from them too. And before we go, because I see food has written back, Just want to make sure that you remember to check out my free video training series for those of you with PCOS, or if you know somebody who has it, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right. That's all for now. Take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more Food Peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.